Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman, from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. After graduating from college, Jyothi Rao joined Gap Inc., where she spent 16 years climbing the ladder serving the company in different roles. From there, she moved along to become executive vice president and general manager of guilt.com, where she was instrumental in growing the business into a leading digital fashion site. And now she's the CEO of Intermix and successfully led the luxury women's brand transformation into the leading omni-channel fashion boutique that it's known as today. She's joining the work party chat today to talk about all things career growth, She's sharing the details of her journey, climbing the corporate ranks, what it means to make intentional career moves, and the importance of establishing a positive work culture that fosters growth, plus all the strategies that set Intermix apart from the rest, and advice for small businesses to do the same. So welcome to the work party, Jyothi. Thank you, Jacqueline. So great to be here, and I love what you guys are doing at Create and Cultivate. Just so impressive and so fun, and I just love that you are such an incredible resource for so many women. And I just love it. So thank you for inviting me to join the work party. Of course. So excited to have you and dive right into your career, which has been really remarkable. So you joined Gap right out of college and spent 16 years there climbing the ladder. Brand loyalty like that is so admirable, especially today. (laughs) It's unheard of for anyone to be in a company for 16 years. But take us back to those early days. What were your goals right out of college? And did you ever see yourself in your current position today? Right out of college? Not really, not entirely. But I would say, you know, when I finished high school, I thought I was going to be an economist. And then I went to college and I did an undergraduate business degree and I came out of it and I loved so many different subjects. You know, I loved finance. I loved marketing. I loved art history. I mean, I loved so many different things. And, you know, I was 21 years old when I graduated from college and 
the world is your oyster, which is such a beautiful thing. And you think you can conquer anything, which you really can. And so I thought, well, there's so many different things that I, I could do. And yes, I interviewed with Gap on campus. I interviewed with a lot of other companies and I, I thought I found the interviews quite boring and I found the Gap one quite fun and interesting. And I thought, hey, you know, great company. It's based in San Francisco. You know, how bad can it be? So I literally just threw myself into it. I'd love to tell you it was a very strategic move on my part, but I was extremely fortunate because the fashion business, of course, is all of those things. You know, it's a business, but it's also creative and it is finance and it is marketing and it is art and it is all those things. And so I, in some ways, just fell into a profession that I think made so much sense for everything that I was interested in. And and there it began. And yes, you're right. 16 years is a long time. You never see that on anyone's resume any longer. But I will tell you, in the time that I was there, because Gap Inc. is a portfolio company, every two to three years, I worked in a completely different division and I did something you know, very different and led different businesses. So I was fortunate in that I was able to have a very broad set of experiences, even though I stayed in one company and I, I never felt bored. I always felt challenged and I always felt like I was learning. So it was a great place to get foundational experience, I think. And here we are. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, I totally agree. I think there's something about, you know, you can be entrepreneurial in a large scale corporation. You can have exciting new changes so you don't feel like you're just constantly doing the same things. I think that's important for career growth. And so after Gap, you served as executive vice president and GM of guilt.com, which was the coolest place to be, <laughs> I feel like, during that time. So as you climbed the corporate ladder, what led you to taking on each role, first at Gap and then on to Guilt? And how did you make that decision to leave Guilt or Gap to go to Guilt? So actually, I made a short stint at, I had a short stint at Calvin Klein between Gap and, and Guilt. So I was at Gap. I was there for so long. I had moved for Gap to New York, and I just fell in love with New York, of course. Why wouldn't you? And, and I didn't really want to move back to San Francisco where mo most of their divisions were. And Calvin approached me for a job, which was actually to start a new division for them. So I went there and I worked there for about a year and then actually was recruited after that. So Guilt, yes, was a very, very cool company. And what was really fantastic, there were so many fantastic things about that experience. But when I first joined, the company was about a year and a half old at the time. And when I interviewed, it was very apparent to me that they didn't really know much about retail. And I knew that I pretty much knew nothing about digital. So it was not the most obvious marriage, but I think one that really worked out because I, you know, we decided to, to do this and I learned so much while I was there. I learned everything, you know, about digital when I was there. And I'm continuing to learn, of course, because it's an ever evolving space. And I learned it from some of the best in the industry. And, you know, it was such an incredible experience. And the company was so creative. And I think the biggest thing I took away from that experience was the importance of culture and how mm. important culture is to a business. And it's something that I definitely took forward with me to Intermix. But yes, when I joined, I took a 50% cut in my pay to take that job, mm. which uh, was not a fun thing to do. 
but I had no digital experience and I really wanted to get that experience at a pure play e-commerce player. And I'd never really worked on a startup like this. And so it was just an incredible experience. And coming to Intermix, you know, I really tried to instill this culture, entrepreneurialism, and to this business is, is, you know, fairly big business, but to really instill that sense of being a small entrepreneurial company with like a really energizing culture. So I learned a lot when I was there and really grateful for that experience and, and glad I was able to bring a lot of those learnings, you know, into the current job. Totally. And I love that. I love that you opened about taking a pay cut because the reality was it was it was a learning and education for you in many ways. Obviously, you had expertise in in another skill set, but I think that's really interesting to kind of dive into something and say, I want to learn all about this, obviously seeing that where the future of fashion was going at the time. So that makes a ton of sense. So what's your advice for playing the long game in your career? So I, as we talked about earlier, people are jumping around more and more from career to career. You obviously had a long stint at Gap, and then you had this like one year at Calvin Klein, and then you were at Guild Group and now Intermix. But when it comes to playing the long game in your career, I feel like that's been a little lost on like the younger generation. Like, what do you what do you think is that secret to creating longevity and keeping that good reputation to circle back to Intermix or like Gap and like having that moment? It's a great question. I will tell you, first of all, I'm sure I don't have all the answers, but I'll give you my perspective on it. I think, first of all, I would definitely, you know, work for companies that you believe in, that you believe in the mission you believe in what they're selling, you believe in what they're doing, right? You have an incredible mission to create and cultivate. I'm sure a lot of people come to you for that. I think that's really important. Choose a culture that's right for you. There aren't good and bad cultures. Okay, there are probably a few bad cultures out there that mm-hmm. we all know about, but generally it's really not about good and bad cultures. It's about what do you, what works for you? Where do you, where do you think you're gonna thrive, right? And some people like hard charging cultures that are like, have goals every week that you have to meet and they love that and other people want structure and some people thrive in a little bit of chaos so be honest with yourself about what it is that you operate best in and that'll be a learning experience as you as you move on in your career of course you'll get smarter and smarter about that and you'll be able to identify oh this is for me or not for me and i think choosing that culture that's right for you is a, is a big one when you get there you know, I would definitely say learn everything from everyone that you can possibly learn from. You know, don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all type of person. I would definitely, you know, tell you to do that. Take some risks and and definitely, you know, try some different things. Don't be afraid to do that. And deliver results. You know, if you were hired to do something, do it. Put your nose down, get it done, do it consistently. People remember that. You know, people love people who deliver results and manage your own personal brand. You know, we consume brands all the time, but you have your own brand and you brought up a very important point about reputation, right? It takes a long time to build a great reputation and it takes very little time to mess with your reputation. You know, you can, that can happen in five minutes. So, you know, really invest in your own brand and what you want to be known for as an individual. And I think that every industry you move into, it's a really small world. I mean, think about the number of people you're meeting constantly, whether you're in media or fashion or finance, everybody knows everybody. So really think about your own personal brand and, you know, try to stay in touch with everyone that you meet along your journey that you respect and that you 
enjoyed working with because you never know who that person's going to be that gives you the lead to your next job or helps you fundraise your next round or whatever, you know? And I think the next generation is so good at networking, you know, even better than my generation was. So I guess it all comes naturally to you guys. But, you know, be very mindful of that because I can't tell you how many times you loop back to the people that you worked with years ago. So, so true. I, I would say those are some of my quick pointers on. All of that. those were amazing and, and totally agree and aligned with every single thing you said. So, so important. Intermix is known for their unique fashion edit, curating the best styles across a mix of established and emerging designers. But get this, if their buying team can't find the best pieces, their in-house label creates them. Intermix collection fulfills the closet staples that build out a complete wardrobe. In the upcoming months, they'll be introducing Intermix Beach Club, an extension of Intermix collection, offering easy, stylish clothes just in time for all your fun vacation getaways. Don't forget to text word podcast to 96748 and receive 15% off your summer capsule wardrobe at Intermix. So now that you've made it to the top as CEO of Intermix, what kind of goals, whether it's personal or professional, are you setting for yourself now that you've hit this incredible milestone? I'm a big goal writer, actually. I write myself, my goals, my personal goals every year. Well, I think a few things. So first with our business, you know, we are at Intermix, a destination for what we believe is the best fashion edit, you know, of every season. I think today there's so much endless aisle everywhere, whether it's e-commerce or department stores. And what we pride ourselves on is that we at Intermix, you can come and we have a very curated assortment. We provide a really intimate shopping experience in our boutiques. But we want a lot more people to know about us. So, you know, we big goal of ourselves is just to really continue to expand our business and really grow that business. And for women to know that Intermix is not only a great place as, as a fashion destination, but also a company where they can feel part of the com a community. And I think you, Jacqueline, have done such a tremendous job of cultivating such an amazing community at, in your organization. You know, we want to do the same. And we also want to be known for to be a company where we're using our platform to do more than sell clothes and handbags and shoes, but to promote female empowerment and promote sustainability and promote diversity. So big goal of mine is to really, you know, make this company more than just a fashion company, but really a company where women can feel part of a great community. I think also another goal is for employees. You know, I think without your team and your employees, you're, you're nothing really. So, you know, I want, Intermix to always be a place, a culture where people really want to be here. I want our employees to be the biggest evangelists of our company and that they want this to be a place where they grow their careers. And I think for myself, this isn't the top. I think there's, there's further to go. And I think, you know, I would want to continue to grow and develop. You'd asked me a question earlier about how I was being whether I was being intentional about my career choices. And I would just say, you know, my guiding principle has always been to learn. And every role I've taken, it's about what am I going to learn in this new role and what tools and skills am I going to learn with this next step? So I think for me, there's always more to learn. You know, now I'm on a public board and with a lot of board members at JGL who are way more experienced than I am as board members. They have decades of board experience. So I'm learning a ton from them and from great CEO there, Claire Spofford. But I'm also board advisor for a Gen Z, you know, clean skincare 
line, you know, brand called Bubble Beauty. And the founder is 30 years old and her name is Shai Eisenman. She's awesome. And I'm learning just as much from her as I'm learning from, you know, this public board of board members that have decades of experience over me. So constantly learning and growing, I think, is always on my list. And then always being present for the people I love in my life. I think that's for women who are running companies and juggling a lot. I think that's always difficult, at least for me, it is. So just trying to always be mindful about being present. Lots of goals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some so many incredible goals. And I think it's so amazing that you're on a public board. That is such a huge feat. There's so few women on public boards, public company boards. And it's amazing that that you're able to do that. And I also love the context of the Gen Z brand. I think we're we're all sort of sitting in that at least elder millennials are sitting in that kind of middle ground, right? Where we're like not old enough to be like, you know, on the other side of things we end the but like not young enough to understand like how important TikTok is. It's an interesting dynamic. It's really fun and exciting to navigate. So how, can you talk us through taking over a business with new goals and strategies that had such a legacy behind it? Like, you know, Intermix has been around for a long time. It has this great, you know, kind of aspirational brand but you took it over from the founder. So like, tell us about how, you know, you went in and were able to establish a new company culture, new processes and focus while also preserving the legacy. That's a great, great question. And, and you just have a new CEO that joined your company, I believe. So I'm sure that, you know, she has a great perspective. Totally. <laughs> I will tell you, I think a lot of executives who come in to take over a business from a founder, you know, I think they can tend to be this like, oh my gosh, like this is, going to be terrible or I need to get this person out and, you know, establish myself as the leader. And I will tell you my experience taking over from the founder and he was only here for a few months. So we had a very short transition because he always planned to kind of exit the business. So it was a little different from maybe the context of other transitions, but I found it to be extremely useful to actually be able to have that time with him for him to explain to me what the DNA of this business was that he created himself. So I found it to be really great to hear that directly from the founder because you, you know, I'm a huge believer of, you know, it's not out, out with the old and on with the new. I really do believe there's always something you can take, you know, forward in your journey. And the fact that Intermix was created by two young entrepreneurs who basically had no experience in retail at all and just decided to start the, this business meant that, you know, there was this very clear entrepreneurial spirit within the company that I wanted to take forward. So when we thought about the culture we wanted to create at Intermix, having it be very entrepreneurial was very, very important to me to take forward. So what does that mean? You know, making sure that that ideas come from any level of the company, that people feel like it's an environment where people can take risks and try new things, that, you know, we really fostered this culture of um, inclusivity and and so on. So I think that that was really important. But on the flip side, you know, if you want to scale a business, you can't run the business like a mom and pop operation. You know, at some point you do need to professionalize the business. So we also did that. You know, we also professionalized the business and we brought people with a lot of different types of experience in set process and structure. And, you know, if you want to scale a business, process, structure, rigor, you know, all of that is important as well. So we tried to balance both. And 
but we try to keep the spirit of, you know, having fun. And, you know, this is a fashion business after all, you can't take it too seriously and you need to have some fun and, you know, have an environment where people feel like it's, um, you know, a place where people who want to be in the fashion industry want to work. So it's an ongoing process, but it, it was really great. And it's a great responsibility and an honor, obviously, to take over a business from the founder. Intermix is more than just a shopping destination. Women look to Intermix for their curation, styling, expression, and elevation of personal style. Intermix delivers a shopping experience like no other I've ever had. Intermix stylists love fashion and they're on the pulse of what works and what doesn't, especially for you and your personal style. They can help with everything from styling an effortless mix of high and low pieces to the exact brand of denim that will fit you best. With 30 stores across the U.S., Intermix Boutique Experience offers a sense of community where women are connected by a mutual love of fashion. You can also chat live online. Whether you enter a store or reach out online, you'll find yourself connected to style, even if you haven't quite nailed it yet. Shop looks from designers like Balmain, Missoni, and Jimmy Choo, or check out curated edits for events like date night and wedding season. Styling is more than a service they offer. It's why shopping at Intermix is such a special experience. Text the word podcast to 96748 and receive 15% off your purchase at Intermix. I think a lot of listeners are either working towards launching online or trying to figure out an IRL presence for their business. And obviously Intermix started IRL, went online. So what sort of things need to be considered when building out these strategies for an online and offline presence? I think the most important thing that anyone starting a business needs to understand is what is the competitive landscape that you're operating in, right? And who is the customer that you're going after? And what problem are you trying to solve? Or what need are you trying to fill? I think you have to start there. I think you have to thoroughly understand your target customer and that experience that you want to deliver to this customer that's going to be useful, differentiated, and needed, you know? And I think you really have to get clear on that. I think everything else in terms of how you set up the business, which channel you go into, what investments you make, all of that follows first getting clarity on that first piece in my mind. So I think that that's, I would say, the most important thing. And then, of course, there's never an unlimited amount of funding, right? I think you all know that. So the rest of it is all about ruthless prioritization around those three, maximum four, strategies that are going to help you achieve that outcome that you defined at the beginning. So define that outcome. What is that experience for your customer going to look like? And what makes that experience differentiated, you know, important, gives you your USP. So at Intimix, you know, for us, it's always about the curation. You know, we want a very curated point of view and we want to show customers how to put it all together through our complimentary styling services. And we want to make sure that our experience always feels very intimate and personalized. So, you know, we really define that in very clear terms. And then every decision we make after that, whether it's around people, incentives, technology, it's all in service to delivering that experience. And so, you know, I would say that that might be a path to just think about Absolutely. And it's such great advice. And 
obviously being an omni-channel brand is very strategic. So what's your advice for small brands who want to implement a 360 degree omni-channel strategy into their own brand or growth strategies? Like what's the first step for a small business who wants to start doing like kind of the work that Intermix is doing? I, as I said before, I, I definitely think getting clarity on what you want those end outcomes to be for the customer is the most important. Don't start by thinking, I want to be in both channels or I only want to be DTC or I only want to be that. Really understand the customer first, you know, and, and really understand what is going to work for them and then figure out your channel strategy and such after that. And then also really think about whether this is something you need to build yourself or can you do this through partnerships? So if you want a physical experience, you know, then do you need to build that yourself or do you want to do that through partners? And it's expensive. You know, these businesses are expensive to run, having leases, paying rent, you know, building out technology infrastructure to be online. You know, do you want to build that on your own or do you want a partner, you know, that can launch your e-commerce business? So I think there are different ways in which you can approach it. But, you know, first get clear on the value proposition for your customer and then figure out what makes most sense to do and whether you should do that yourself or whether you should do it through partners. And and it doesn't mean because you start one way, that's how you're going to end. You know, your phase one could be one way you get visibility, you get brand awareness, you start getting putting your brand on the map, and then you can always switch and decide that your model is going to evolve from that point on. Absolutely. And Intermix is a women's clothing brand, obviously. But beyond that, you've really taken a stance on female empowerment, and it's really at the core of the brand. And this is seen in your In Conversations with series, which I was part of and was so fun to do. Yeah. So how is Intermix expanding on this mission beyond the digital space? So several years ago, you know, we we really thought about the brand and what we wanted to stand for. And there's plenty of places, you know, women can buy clothes and shoes and bags and great that there are. And we just felt internally, and a lot of this groundswell came from the employees, meaning, you know, that we, yes, we absolutely first and foremost want, want to be a preemptive destination for a great fashion, but we have all these incredible women shopping us, you know, they're professionals, they're successful, or they're aspired to be successful, and they're well-educated and, you know, informed. And we thought, listen, I think we could have a conversation beyond fashion that people are going to be interested in. And it's a great way for us to connect with our community and have a two-way dialogue with our community. And so we launched a series called In Conversations with Women, which Jacqueline, you were so amazing at. So thank you for participating in it. And the idea was really to amplify the voices of a diverse group of women around a really diverse set of topics, whether it was whether it is mental health, whether it is having confidence or boating or fashion or sustainability. And so it's been really fun to work with such an incredible group of women, such as yourself. Zana Roberts Rossi was on Felita Harris from Harlem's Fashion Row was on recently. Marina LaRude. I'm not sure if it's LaRude or LaRude. I'm such a huge fan. She's actually going to be on the podcast as well. Oh, she is. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. She's done amazing things with her brand, of course. 
And so we've just had all these incredible women and here and, and, and I think most importantly, which is something you guys do so well, sharing their stories and really helping the community of women learn from one another and lift each other up, which is really what we should all be doing for one another. So that's been really incredible, but you're absolutely right. The purpose of the company is very embedded in the entire company. We're a women's brand. Our employees are 80% women at all levels of the organization. So I have a 10 person leadership team and eight of them are women. So we have women at every level of the organization and we have some incredible men too, of course, doing wonderful things here at our company. So it's very much embedded in what we do. It's not an initiative or something we do on the side. It's really what we live and breathe every day and, and we love it. Now more than ever is the time to amplify female voices and empower one another through shared experience. Intermix is proud to use their platform to advocate for and foster conversations about female empowerment, diversity and inclusion, and sustainability. Three topics at the core of their brand DNA. In their monthly series, In Conversation with Women, you can see these topics come to life through shared experience of inspiring women. Read about the looks that make women like Autumn Adegbo and Baba Rivera feel the most confident and shop their favorite Intermix pieces. Text word podcast to 96748 and receive 15% off your purchase at Intermix. And sustainability is also a very important part of the business. Something I love is that your team actually works on educational materials for the brands that you work with, helping them get to a better place when it comes to sustainability. But can you tell us more about this initiative and why it's not only important for Intermix to focus on sustainability, but also educate your partners as well as a multi-label retailer? Right. Well, I think everybody knows how urgent and important this cause and mission is. And I will tell you, we are at the very beginning part of our journey here. There's so much more we could be doing and and plan to do. But we really aligned on three areas that we wanted to focus on. One is we have our own private brand, Intimix Collection, which performs really well for us. And we really felt, listen, if we're going to be serious about, about sustainability, we better start at home and make sure that our own private brand is sourced in a responsible and sustainable way. So we've done a ton of work around that using chrome-free leather, making sure where we use polyester, for example, in lining, it's primarily recycled polyester and so on and so forth. So the team there has done a phenomenal job with that. We've made huge efforts in reducing the use of single-use plastic. You know, something as simple as just shipping your products folded versus hung it's a small thing, but it can reduce your amount of plastic you use by a tremendous amount. And the last one, which you brought up, which actually is so interesting because we work with about 500 brands and we felt, you know, especially when we were a part of Gap Inc., they had so many resources around sustainable sustainability and sustainable practices. And we thought what a huge impact we could have in the industry if, if we didn't just take that information and use it for our own sourcing practices, but if we actually educated all the brands that we work with on how to source responsibly and sustainably, because then that impact that we have on the industry is exponential, goes beyond Intermix, because a lot of the brands that we work with, they also work with a lot large department stores and large e-commerce players. So if we can educate them to source responsibly, then it has this exponential um, impact. So that's been really, really great. And it's been a wonderful, it's been wonderful to see how all the retailers actually are happy to come together, even when we compete for customers and 
business that we're really, there's so much willingness to come together to solve these problems together. So we've done roundtables with department store executives and e-commerce players, and we brought everyone together to say, hey, how can we work together to try to solve some of these problems? And I, I mean, I wish the progress was faster. I, I'll be honest about it, but we're at least having the conversations and it's top of mind and everyone is trying to chip away at it. So that's great. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's it's really a shared journey for newer brands, older brands, like everyone in between on like how we sort of rework the way that we've done business in the past. So I'd love to hear that. So what's next for Intermix? You know, it's obviously an exciting year for you guys. Tell us a little bit about what you have in store. We are continuing to expand our business. We, we as I said, we want to be really establish ourselves as the destination for a curated fashion and really for a community of women that care about female empowerment and sustainability and diversity. We're really proud at you know, being a diverse company at all levels of our organization. And there's more, of course, we're continuing to do around that, but we want to continue to, to push that agenda as well. And to also, you know, just be a place that employees love to work. We are growing so fast. We have so many jobs open. So if anyone, you know, listening to this or if you have friends who want to come and work at Intermix, you know, by all means, you know, re- reach out to us. But really to be a culture and a place that people want to belong is such an important thing for us. And then on a more immediate note, we have some fun events happening out in Montauk this summer. So if you're out here in the East and you're getting some beach time, come and check us out and and be part of our community and be part of the fun. And if you are not there, obviously follow us at Intermix Online and you can get to see all the fun things we have coming up. I love it. Oh my gosh. I want to get out to Montauk for the summer. How fun. (laughs) I would love it. It's such a magical place and it's so fun. And I'm sure you guys have all the gorgeous, all the gorgeous resort items that you need for that. Let's end with some sentence finishers. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. The biggest sacrifice I've made for my career is... Take a 50% pay cut to learn something new. Paid off though, so that's good. The number one money tip for entrepreneurs... Focus on your zone of genius. I think entrepreneurs have lots of ideas and I would just say, focus on your zone of genius. The three traits I look for in an employee are... We versus I, curiosity, and openness to what's next. My favorite part of the day is? So many favorite parts of the day. Let's see. Having dinner with my family and catching up on everyone's day. Aww. So So (laughs) fun. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about you and Intermix online? Connect with me on LinkedIn and connect with Intermix at Intermix Online Instagram. Amazing. And... Thank you, Jacqueline. It's been so much fun. I love what you're doing with Create and Cultivate. And thank you for inviting me to be part of the conversation and to be part of your community. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.